0: I want to I can. Thank you. Appreciate that. Hi, I'm Julie Wassey, Been a friend of Shars for a long time. See her once in a while, not very often, not as much as I'd like to. I want to thank you for all the people that I see here that I know that have come, and I know them, and I've known them for years. So thank you for coming. And for those that don't, I don't know yet, I'd like to be your friend someday. So I just thank you for all the people that are here. Um, what, what Char said was right. I went to visit my two daughters in Illinois, and they were doing a book, and I'm going to promote this book, I think, it for everybody to read. Um, I went to, and they were having a, Bible study at Starbucks. And they they were talking about this book, and it's called A Thousand Gifts. How many of you guys have read this book? Not very many. Well, I'll tell you. You got to get a hold of it. It's called A Thousand Gifts. This woman lived a terrible, terrible life. She was five years old and saw her little sister get killed and her brain's in the the driveway. And she watches her mother have to go through the... um, put away for a while because of her hurts because of her daughter. And this is the kind of life she lives. And she says to God, You promised me an abundant life. I am not living an abundant life. I have so many hurts in my heart. This is not abundant living And the Lord says to her, start praising me in everything. It doesn't matter what's going on in your circumstances. And this woman learns to praise and worship God no matter what's going on. And she lives on a farm. She's married to a a pig farmer. So, you know, it's the smelly boots and the whole bit. And she learns to praise God. And out of that, she's written four books, been on TV, and it is a message that we need today. It really is. It's a message that life doesn't always good look the way we want it to look. And we all are very realistic, and we know that. We know we have our good days and we have our bad days. And that's just the way it is. We will have our good days. We will have our bad days. How do we react to them? So, you know what? My first thing in just being thankful to God is that he has given us a son. Uh, the week before, Char called me up. I was singing this song all week long. And I said to Nancy, can they play that song for me? Because this has been really on my heart. Give thanks. Give thanks. And so I'm just walking around the house, going for walks, and keep singing this song, give thanks, give thanks. It doesn't matter what is happening in our normal everyday life. We've got something really big coming up and we got somebody big, good to walk with us. So I'm just gonna um, talk about some of the things that are important to us that we should be giving thanks for. One of the biggest things that I'm giving thanks for is I hear the voice of God. God talks to me God talks to you. He said, my sheep hear my voice. In Revelation, he says to each one of the churches, each one of the churches, he gets through talking to the church, and he says, if you hear my voice. Basically, this is what he says in there. He says, I'm going to get it right. Um, just want it quoted the way it's quoted. Anyway, I'll get back to that because I can't find it on here. But um, it's hearing the voice of God. Now, in the Old Testament, God talked to his people. He talked to Abraham. He talked to Isaac. He talked to Jacob. He talked to Noah. He talked to Daniel. He talked to Joseph. Everybody heard the voice of God. Now, we live in a better covenant than they did in the Old Testament. We live in the New Testament, and we got a better covenant. And God says, you will hear my voice. Now, we have to cultivate that. We have to get this relationship going with God. And if you realize it or not, the whole Old Testament is stories, one story after another, isn't it? And you know what? God wants a story with you, too. He wants a story of your life and his life, of what he's doing in your life. What is he doing? He doesn't want us just to be a crowd of people. You know, when he walked the earth, there was the crowds of people that followed him, and they listened to his Sermon on the Mount, and they followed him, and, you know, and they said, oh, he's here, we can touch him. But you know what? He had a relationship with the twelve. And out of the 12, he had a closer relationship with the three. And out of the three, he had a real close relationship with John. Now, you know what? We can pick where we want to be in our relationship with God. We can pick it. You remember in Shrek, the donkey says, pick me, pick me, pick me, right? You know, and it's like, pick me, pick me. Well, God is saying that to us, but we're saying that to him. We want that relationship with him. It's not just a matter of the do's and the don'ts. Now, where in the Old Testament would Noah be if God, if God just gave him a piece of paper and said, this is the Bible and this is what you're supposed to do? Noah had to hear from God to know there was a flood. Joseph had dreams and knew he was going to have, he was going to go through all these things, but he held on to his dream. He knew there was something big coming for him. So it's kind of like if they had to have dreams, they had to have visions, they had to have a walk with God, they had to know him face to face, they had to, what are you saying, God, what are you doing? If they had to do that, how about us? You know, we're not down here. You know, if you think about this, um, you know, when, when you're living your life, you got like, how long, 50, 60, 70, 80 years? And we need to look down the runway. If you're a pilot, you're a pilot. You look long distance. You don't look this far. Even when you're driving, you look down. You don't look this far. And so many times we get caught up in today that we look this far. We don't look down the runway of what's coming. And we're not prepared to say, this is coming down the road. And how am I going to do it? And I want to live it well. So... We've all gone through the diaper age. We did that okay. All of us are toilet train. We went through the grade school. We went through the high school. Did we have problems along the way sometimes? Probably. We with pimples. We went through the young married. We went through the college age. We went through all these ages. Everybody else out there is going through it too. We have to remember that. Everybody else is out there going through it too. But we go through all these ages. My mother-in-law, she said that she, uh, there was a sign, and she said she never forgot it. It was by the railroad track, and it said, where I am now, you will one same day, someday be. Where, where I was one day, that's where you are right now. But where I am now, You someday will be. So that sums up kind of like 70 or 80 years. We were young, and someday we will be old. How do we live this life? How do we live it? Were we thankful as we went through it? Everybody's got, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, you talk to people, and everybody's got the same basic problems. But when we go through it, it seems bigger, doesn't it? It's because it's my problem, and I'm going through it. But go give thanks along the way. You know, um, Jesus said to the apostles, you see, search the scriptures, and they speak of me. But you don't bother coming to me. What does that mean? Anybody want to volunteer what it means to them? You search the scriptures, and they speak of me. But you don't bother coming to me. Would you say a little louder, Pat? You know about him in your head, you know information about him, but you don't have a personal, intimate relationship with him that you know 'em face. Okay. So I can look in the scriptures, and I can read the scriptures, and I can say, oh, this is good, and I like this story about Joseph. I like the story. I love David's story, and I love Daniel. Daniel was a man of God's heart, and I, I can read these, and I can love the stories. But do I, when I'm reading these stories, say, do it in me. Do it in me. What is my story? What do you want to do in my life? And it's kind of like, because I'm going back to this thing, the crowds. We can all be the crowd. We can all be the one that saw him once upon a time. Or I saw him. I saw him preach. But then, if you take John, John not only saw him preached, he talked to him. He walked with him. He was the only one that went through the crucifixion with him. Now, if somebody goes through something with you, you guys have gone through some hard times. If somebody goes through them with you, are they a special person to you? They walked right through that problem with you. They're a special person to you. So they didn't call you up and say, I'm sorry, or I'm happy for you, or I'm sorry for you. But they walked through it. They did something. Now, this is what John did. He walked through the problem with Jesus. You know what Jesus did? John saw him on his earth, John saw him in the crucifixion. John saw him in the resurrection. And, God, and John saw him in Revelation as sitting as king and priest. John got the privilege of seeing that because John walked through him. Now, do you know that God wants you in, your, in his life as much as he, you want him in his? He went through a big price. He said, would you be part of me? Would you be interested in my life and what I'm doing? And sometimes it's hard to believe, but he really does want to share secrets with us. I'm sure God has shared secrets with every one of us, just one-liners sometimes. Just, you know, but he wants us as much as we want him. And it's kind of like I said, donkey says, pick me, pick me. We pick each other. I pick you, God. I want you to be the most important thing in my life. I want you to be more important than anything. And I thought, wow, that's, he wants a lot, but he wants to give a lot. So, you know, we say, okay, God, what do you want? And then we get scared and say, oh, he wants this and wants this, and I'm scared. I was teaching these kids one time, and this one boy said to me, I've given up a lot for God. I said, God wants you, you know, to have this close relationship. He said, you know what, I've given up a lot for God. I said, would you give up? I gave up sleeping with my girlfriend, and I gave up drugs. And I said, did you ever think that God was blessing you by letting you give this up, helping you give it up? It wasn't like I did this great thing for God. He said, I never thought of that before. But he said, I wasn't going to do any more. That was it. That was my line. That was my limit. And so it's kind of like God is talking to us. And how much, how close do you want to get to him? So we, we don't care to sleep with our boyfriends and, we, you know, we don't care to give up uh, drugs. But where is our line that we're saying, I'm going this far, and no farther? Where is that line that we have in our lives? Uh, and we all know that life is not always easy. So it's kind of like, how much do we want God? And when you think about John, he wanted God an awful lot. You know, Peter ran, the other apostles ran, but John wanted him enough to stick with him. So a lot of times life gets really tough and sometimes we want to run. But I think the sticking with him is going to be the, you know. So anyway, it's kind of like we have to make up our minds that we want that relationship. Okay, um, how many of you hear the voice of God or think they hear the voice of God or don't know if they hear the voice of God? You do hear the voice of God. Okay. Do that one more time. Okay. It's about everybody does. Is that cool? That's cool. If you don't, get a hold of somebody that does. Ask them, how do I do this? How do I hear the voice of God? How do I walk with this thing? It's one of the most important things in your whole life, is hearing the voice of God. It is one of the most important things. It is the dearest thing that is ever going to be. Actually, sometimes God makes you laugh with some things that he says. And you kind of think, okay. But you know one of the greatest things is sometimes it's not so much that he says it, but that he knows you're real, and you know he's real. I think that sometimes is like, oh, he blessed me by saying that. Sometimes it's a hard word he gives you. Uh, Like a lot of my friends know this, but it was really funny. My husband was talking to God one time, and he's saying, well, I think this, and I think this, and I think this. And, And all of a sudden, he got a big smile on his face, and I said, what's going on? And he said, the Lord just told me my opinion doesn't mean anything up here. And it doesn't mean a whole lot down there either. (laughs) So it's kind of like God gives us these one-liners, and don't we love them? I mean, it's kind of like, so at this point, we stop and say, thank you, God, that you hear me, but I also can hear you. And I think this is the whole thing that makes Christianity fun, don't you? You know, it's kind of like when God says something to us. I was acting really bad one time. Uh, I was mad at my husband, slammed the door. And uh, all of a sudden, I heard the Lord's voice. I don't know if it was loud or quiet because it was so completely different than what I was going in. And the Lord says, my bride does not act like that. And I thought, wow. And I did a whole study on being the bride of Christ. Solomon and all that. But it's kind of like it was a rebuke but it was a kiss. And that's how God works with us. He gives us a rebuke, but it's a kiss. My daughter was, um, she's got five kids, and she was working and uh, trying to get everything done around the house, and she started yelling at the kids about something, and all of a sudden, I mean, you're going in this direction, and all of a sudden says, your anger does not produce my righteousness. I mean, who's going to keep angry at that point? And especially when it's opposite of what you're doing. You're going in this direction, and all of a sudden, God stops you like that. It's so cool. It is so cool to have. So it's always kind of a rebuke, but it's always such a blessing. This is what I have noticed that when God talks to us. It is. It's like that. So if we say sometimes, Lord, I just want to know what your heart is. Would you tell me your heart? And would you also look at my heart and tell me my heart? How many of us have done that? Would you show me my own heart? How do you see me, God? That's an adventure all on its own. So if you haven't done that yet, you say, okay, because we all think we're okay, right? We all do. We all, just think, we all just kind of think we're okay, and we're all in a good spot. But try doing that. Show me my heart. It can be in a relationship. I can be in a relationship with somebody, and it might not be the best. Uh, my heart might be like, ah, or I might think my heart's great. Show me my heart in this relationship. Show me my heart with you how do you see me? That's an adventure all on its own because God is going to take you and show you exactly what he sees. And that's what we want. I'd rather see it here than end up going and standing in front of him, my life's over with, and he'll say, you never did what I asked you to do once. That would be shocking, right? So if I say to God, how do you see my heart? And he might say, You know what? There's some stuff going on in there that I don't like. Let's clean it up. Uh, Renee teaches on inner healing, and she said, Your heart is like an onion. God peels it. You keep peeling a little bit off at a time. And all of a sudden, we start seeing what's really going on inside of us. You know, we got this man inside of us that's awfully big, he rules us. And it's like this man is, I mean, I see your faces. I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know what's going on at home. I don't know what's going on with your kids, your husband, whatever. So we see faces of people all the time. Hi, how are you? Fine. Everything's great. Right? But what is really going on in this heart of ours? Nobody sees. My heart. And wouldn't this be wonderful if my heart was so completely clean that my heart was clean, and he would look at it and say, I want to live inside of you. I li- love living inside of you. One time God told me, he said, would you stop the crap already? And that's exactly the words he used. He said, i got to live inside of there. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was, i got to live inside of there. I would like it cleaned up a little bit. Um, I'm going to talk about our thought life a little bit. I read somewhere that 90% of our thoughts are negative. that's a lot of negative thoughts going on. And so the Lord told me one day, he says, I'm going to talk to you about your thought life. Close the praise and worship off, close the tapes off, close the TV off. I don't want you to do anything today except think on what you're thinking. I thought, think on what I'm thinking. How do you do that? You know, how do you think about what you're thinking? I don't even know. But anyway, I closed it off. But anyway, my daughter calls me up, and she said, Nobody in the family bought me a Christmas present. I'm so hurt. And I thought, you're kidding. Well, her husband does last-minute shopping, and he takes the kids shopping at the last minute. But she didn't say any of this. She just said, I got everybody presents. Nobody bought me a present. So she said, I'm closing the door. I'm staying in my bedroom. We're not fixing breakfast or nothing today. So she was. And uh, the next day, she so I'm doing the laundry, and I'm throwing stuff in, and I—I th- I told her never to marry him anyway. Why did she marry him? Oh, they're married 20 years, okay? Why did she marry him? I told him not to marry him, and I'm so mad. I mean, it's your daughter, right? So it's kind of—I'm so mad at him. And so anyway, I'm just going on and on and and you know how we do. And uh, God says, "Why are you cursing your son-in-law with your thought life?" And I thought, I'm not saying a word. It's all in my head. And he said, you are cursing him in your thought life. Now, do we ever think that we're cursing people by thinking negative thoughts about them? It can be our kids. It can be our husband. It can be neighbor. It could be anybody. We are actually cursing him in our thought life. And so anyway, I thought, oh, now that's why God had me just listen to my thoughts. So my daughter calls up the next day and, oh, he got me this and this and this. And, and I said, well, what happened? And she said, well, he worked a double and then he got the flu. Well, she didn't tell me all that at Christmas, right? So in the meantime, you know, you're, you know as we do, as we would do about our kids, right? And so, so the, but the Lord taught me a great lesson that, What we do with our thoughts, we don't have to speak them. All we have to do is think them, the negative thoughts that we have about people or situations or things or whatever. So anyway, our thought life is so important. So let's just get our thought life to state, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? And am I thinking negative thoughts or am I thinking life is good? Am I praising God? Am I thanking him? Am I saying, God, I love you? I'm so glad I have this life to live down here. So as we go through life, there's a lot to think about. Uh, positive and try to rethink our brain. Now if, pe- if everybody thinks negative, if 90% of our thoughts are, so everybody's thinking negative thoughts. So nobody is thinking. And we say things that aren't really what we're thinking. Did you ever notice that? We say things we're not really thinking. So I I need to ask God, what is his point of view when I'm talking to somebody, when I'm walking um, with somebody, doing things with somebody? It can be studying with a kid. It can be any of those things. It can be meeting somebody. What do you think, God? What are you thinking? What are you saying about him? So that's how you keep your thought life open to God. By the more you carry on a conversation with him, the more he'll carry on a conversation with you. So the more you talk to him, you become more like John. Because you can give him your, you can give him, I'm thinking negative thoughts about this, and I can't help it. You need to help me. How do you see this? And the more we ask him, the more he's going to show us. Now, I've got seven kids. I've got 17 grandchildren. I've got four great-grandchildren. And I want to talk to the new mothers out there, the ones that are just starting on their journey with kids. It was really funny. I went to... Um, my, my kids are all different. One is very, very brainy, I've got a granddaughter that is so brainy, she got a four-year scholarship. She doesn't have to pay a penny, it's all paid for. Uh, I've got a son that's very, very smart, and then I've got a couple kids that are not that smart. I've got a grandchild that has got attention, A couple of them have attention deficit. I have one grandchild that has autism. Now, they're all over the map. Don't compare your kids. Do not compare your kids. Each one is a present from God. Each one is different. Now, we often say, I wish God gave me a manual for this one because I really don't know how to do this one. And God says, I did. I gave you my Holy Spirit. I will tell you how to raise that kid. So it's kind of like... They have talents, they have things that other ones don't have. And we have to be aware of that. And they have a job to do on planet Earth and we can ruin them. I was at a ballet show with my, I was with my daughter and she had her five-year-old and these little girls were doing ballet. And I was up in the room, like up there with the mothers and they were watching these little kids And this one mother says, oh, my gosh, my daughter's fat. And somebody else says, oh, my daughter's not very coordinated. And the other one said, oh, my daughter's too skinny. There wasn't one mother that gave their daughter a compliment. Well, you talk about negative thoughts. But each mother compared her kid with everybody else's kid. Do you see the harm we do? And it's like... Wow, if I look at my child and say "I have to God says train them up in the way they're going to go or they should go so what is your child like what is their what is their important part of them what do they like what are, which way are they going in they're not all going in the same direction they're all going in different directions some of them are trained to be caregivers like a nurse, a doctor some of them are for the service or army or, or uh, police officers or whatever. Some of them are meant to be engineers. Some of them are usually meant to work with their hands. Find out what your kid is meant for and help them and encourage them. The worst thing we can do is want them to be a brain when they're having struggling in school. So find out what your kid is like, what they're made for, what their job is, and you do that by talking to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how do I take care of this one? What do I do? My daughter, Bernie, was taking this last week. She was taking her daughter, and her daughter is a speaker. She talks and talks and talks. So anyway, she's in the car, and Evelyn is talking and talking, and, and Bernie says in her head, I wish she would shut up already. She's talking constantly and driving me crazy. And they went into this second-hand store, and Evelyn loves to read. She is eight years old. She loves to read. And she runs to the book department. And she's reading, and she comes back to her mom with these books. And Bernie says, yeah, 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 okay. And this man comes up to Bernie, and he says, I see your daughter. I see her. Can I buy her that book? I see her. Those words hit in Bernie's heart. Do you see your daughter? Do you see your son? The stranger looks at this little girl and says, I see her. And Bernie said, I haven't seen her in months. You just, just get on a routine, right? We get on these routine with our kids. She's homeschooling, so you know, you homeschool. Get this work done, get this done, get this done. Did you finish it yet? But do you see them? And it's like, it's so important to see them. And don't criticize them because they're five pounds overweight or young or smaller or bigger or whatever. The important part is inside of them. This is where God is inside of them, they are inside. God wants to make them a very important person. And we can help that process by looking at them and not thinking negative thoughts not criticizing, but just loving them where they're at and saying, how do you see them, God? How do you see them? So it's kind of like we have to start giving thought, thanks to God for where we are today, you know, where you guys are just raising your kids and just starting out on your journey. Been there, done it. Take it seriously, but laugh and enjoy it. Because it goes by really quick. It goes by so fast. And it just, it's it's a privilege to have the children and to raise them. And like I said, they're all different, so don't compare them with anybody else's. Don't ever, ever compare them. There is no comparison. You're dealing with a human being we wouldn't want anybody comparing us. Don't compare them, right? And it's a privilege to have children and to raise them. Um, I'm just gonna tell you about some things that God has done in my life. Um, we were we were foster parents for a while and we ended up having four kids of our own. And so the social worker called and said, uh, do you want to take in this baby? As the three-month-old baby has been beaten up, broken arm. Mother and dad were throwing him as a football across the room. Broke his arm. Cigarette burns on the bottom of his feet. Uh, at this point, my Ed is just getting out of diapers and just getting off the bottle. And I looked at my husband and said, do "You want to do that?" He says, "Not really. I'm tired." I said, "I'm tired too. I'm not going to do it." So I'm going to do my Bible study, and I opened up where I'm at, and it's in Matthew, and it says, "God takes a child, puts him on his lap." It says, "Whoever takes him one of these is the greatest." And I slammed the Bible, and I said, "Hey, when you do this to me, <laughs> you make me feel guilty. I don't like feeling guilty. Why are you do this to me?" And so I said to Joe. I think God wants us to do this. And he said, well, I'm not too crazy about the idea. Let's throw out, um, let's throw out a, a fleece. So we throw out a fleece and we say, okay, nobody knows about this except him and me and a social worker. So I said, okay, God, if you want to do this, if you really want us to do it, we will do it. But I'm going to have to get something in the mail or a telephone call within the next twenty-four hours because they had to get the baby out of the hospital in twenty-four hours. So anyway, Joe goes to work and he calls me up and he said, Well get a crib. And I said, I thought we weren't gonna do it. He said, Well he went to work and he said that he he's uh got a letter from Michigan State. He had taken a test. And he's looking at the envelope and looking and saying, oh, I don't know. Should I open it or shouldn't I? Maybe I'll wait till the end of the day because I don't know if I passed or not. So he's going like this, looking back and forth with the envelope. And on the envelope, in red letters, it says, get a special child from social services. Now, when I thought about that, that was, that was posted in Lansing. Okay? That was posted before we made the deal with God. So, you know, it's kind of, I said, you tricked me. I mean, I didn't think about that until after. But he tricked me because he had already posted it, right? It was already posted. Because in order for it to get to Gaylord, where we were living at that time, it was posted, Lance asked for the postage. And I thought he had already figured the whole thing out. And so he said, it's a very special child. It's a very special child. I want you to take it. Well, we took this little guy in. And it was a year and a half of laughter and fun. The first month was very hard because he was very suspicious and scared. And, uh, but I had four kids at this point and he just loved the other brothers and sisters. As a matter of fact, his name was Jason and my son, uh, when he had his son called him Jason because we had so many good memories from him. It was a little bitty thing, great big eyes. And he was just fun. I mean, he was just one of these little kids you laugh at. You're always laughing, and he's always laughing. Uh, So the greatest thing that could have happened to him, and I praise God, was that he got taken away from the people. A broken arm or not, it was like he was adopted by a doctor and his nurse that had one little boy they had adopted. They wanted to adopt another little boy. So, and at that time, you were not allowed to adopt children that were foster care children. So anyway, God is so good. He just has all these great things in store for us if we say, what do you want to do? Because we could have said, no, I'm not interested in social worker. I'm not going to do this. Or we can say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But if we ask God, what do you want to do? Graham Cook has this that I love want to say it the way he says it. Okay, we go through these situations. I always heard of Graham Cook. Okay, if you haven't heard any of his CDs or read any of his books, he's very worthwhile. He says, what are you now, where you are, oh no, this is okay here, okay, on this side here. What do, can you do, what do you want to do for me now that I'm in this situation that you could not be for me before? So we get in different situations, and we say, what do, you want to, how do, what do you want to be in this situation for me now? Do you want to be my teacher? Do you want to comfort me because I'm going through this hard time? Do you want to be my counselor? Do you want to be my daddy? what do you want to be for me right now? Because God's got all these names. He's got 365 names. Do everybody know that? He's got 365 names, and we can call upon these names anytime we need him. He's the king, he's the savior. He's the savior, but he is, your, is he your Lord? It's one thing being a savior, but another thing being your Lord. You listen to him. So he is all these things that we need. So sometimes if we don't have, I don't have an answer to this, I need an answer. Would you counsel me on it? Would you counsel me with my kids? You know, one of the names of God is Wonderful Counselor. And so he said that's when he gave it to us, he gave us this one. So I need a lot of counsel in life. I need a lot of wisdom in life. I need all these things from God. So what name do I call on? We have... Say, I really need you to do this for me. He's king. Do I honor him as king? Am I king or is he king? A lot of times I'm king. I do my own thing. I, uh, God says, do this or do that. and say, I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to do that. So who's king? Who's the Lord? So the Lord is teaching me not to do my own thing so much as doing his thing more. So we, we have, like, am I God or is he God? Have you ever thought about that? Every time God tells us to do something and we do our own thing, then who's God? It's kind of scary when you think about it. I, I know when I ask God to check out my heart, he starts showing me all the times when I was God and he wasn't because I would do my own thing instead of doing his thing. But I am so grateful Grateful to God that he has me on this journey. I am so grateful for this journey. I look and I've been on this journey for over 30 years, and it's kind of like he's been leading me, guiding me, talking to me. He told us that we were supposed to come up here in the UP and live. He's led me all the way through. He told me to have three more children. Um, There were certain things that he's told me to do, And at the time, I thought, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. But she did it. And you know what? It's the greatest thing that we could have done. It's not easy. Sometimes God tells us to do things that's not easy. But what a blessing it all ends up with. So anyway, I'm going to leave you with this thought. Where are you in life right now? And what do you need God for? And what does God need you for? And what is can he be in your life right now that he couldn't have been two weeks ago or three weeks ago? If you look at all his names, all you got to do is say, I'm pulling out this name. I need you to be my counselor. I need some advice here. I don't have a clue on what I'm doing. Remember when uh, Solomon's talking to God and he says, you know what, what do you need? He says, I need wisdom to, to know how to uh, lead all these people. I have not a clue how to take care of all these people. So God gave him wisdom. So what do we need? And we all need something different. So if you've never studied the names of God, look them over. Say, what do I need when this verse that God gave me, and it just made it very special to me. He said, unto you, unto all of us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And his name is Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So if you need a father, you need a daddy who doesn't, I need the Everlasting Father. I need the Prince of Peace because I don't have peace in my heart right now about the situation I'm going into. So it's kind of like we can call upon that name. And once we call upon that name, I'm expecting you to do it. God says, I'm a giver, you're a receiver. If we know, you know, it's not so much what we did, we receive. I'm a good receiver. I can really receive good because I'm asking God for a lot of things. And I can't give anything. I I can give my money in the offering or I can do this or that, but there's not a whole lot I can do for what God is asking me to do except to be obedient in the little things. But boy, he sure can do a lot. So, what is it that I need? And then I am so grateful to receive what he's got. And every time that, you know, like my daughters, I'll I'll, I'll give you one this. uh, My daughter Joanne called me up one time and she said, I promised God that I would not use my credit card anymore. Because they had paid it off and she said, I'm not going to use it. And so, and she said, they came by the front of the house, and they said, this tree has got to go. And I called them to find out about how much it costs to get this tree down. Now, it's between two houses. It's on her property. But if it got hit or something, it could ruin both houses. And it was very hard to get this tree down. So she says, so they said, i got to get the tree down, but it's going to be $1,000. And I don't have a $1,000. So she said, what am I supposed to do? I said, well, why don't we just ask God what he wants to do? So I'm talking to her on the phone. I said, well, just ask God what he wants to do because I don't know what to do either, right? I mean, how am I supposed to know?" So it's either you promise God something and you're going to break your promise or what? You don't have the money to do it. So she calls me up the next day and said, the tree's gone. I said, what? She, said, the, tree's said, what? she said, the tree's gone. I said, what happened? Well, the lightning hit it during the night. Now, the tree's 100 years old, over 100 years old. It's never been hit by lightning before. Nobody else's tree got hit by lightning. Well, the lightning hit it last night, and the guy across the street asked if he could have it for firewood. So the guy got the firewood. She got her tree down, and had to pay nothing for it. So you know what? What does God want to be for us? Why don't we just step out a little bit? and ask him about those little things that we have problems but we don't know what to do with. And sometimes we just let the problems overwhelm us, and sometimes we just kind of, well, whatever, we'll manage, we'll take the money out of the bank or whatever. Why don't we start asking him? The more we ask, the more we talk to him. That's all he wants us to do is talk to him. Isn't that true? Doesn't he want us to talk to him? He just wants a relationship with us. So the more we talk to him, the more he answers, and the more joy we have. And that's scripture. He wants to do this for joy, that we will talk with him and have joy. One time I asked God, I said, how did you stay on the cross? I cannot understand how anybody could have done that. How could you have stayed on the cross? Because he could have gotten off. I mean, there was no holding. I mean, right? We couldn't have gotten off, but he could. He could. He could have, and this is me. I would have said, you know what? You want to see I'm God? I'll show you I'm God. I will show you. I'll get off this cross and start walking around. I'll show you, okay? But that would have been us, right? We wouldn't have stayed on the cross. took how much humility and how much strength did they take on there? So I said, how did you stay there? And he said, and and I said, how could you have done that with those guys poking at you and whipping at you? He said, I didn't look at them. I said, well, what were you looking at? And I saw the Lord on the cross, and there was this great big hill, and these people were coming up over the hill and looking at the cross and saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he said, I stayed there for the joy that was set before me, for all those people, for the thousands of years coming up over the hill saying thank you. So it's kind of like I mean, it just made me cry, because he's looking. He said, I kept my eyes on what was ahead of me, not what was right in front of me. So he's he's looking down the road. He's not looking right in front. And if we could get our eyes on not what is right in front of us, but what is down the road, if I live like that for 50 years, what is the end path that I have compared to just looking from day to day to day. If I look and say, my child will be 25 someday, what do I want him to do? How do I want? I want him to have a great attitude? I want him to enjoy life, and I don't care if he works in a mine, I don't care if he's an engineer, I don't care what he does, I want him to have a good attitude, I want him to be happy. I want him walking with God when it's all over with. It doesn't matter if he gets all A's, if he's not all A material. I want him to enjoy life and feel good about himself. So it's kind of like we try to do things that are not important to God. So what is important to you, God? What is important to you? And what are you going and what do you want for my family? And what do you want for me? And what do you want for my area? What do you want to do here? It's not so much I'm not the important one. He is. He's been here from the beginning till the end. I'm here for how long? For however my length of life is. I am so thankful that he took me on this road 30 years ago. I'm so glad he's taking you all on this journey. All of us have been on this journey, some of us together, and it's fun. Isn't it? the greatest thing, really, just to see and laugh and say what God has done and who hasn't? So it's been a fun, and I'm thankful to him. So I guess that's what I'm thankful for. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Sharon.